Open Field Radio. Like, subscribe, share, and review wherever podcasts are found. Open Field Radio. Cool people having conversations about agriculture and life. Where ag and life collide. Brought to you by Gowan. Max Feinberg for Dova Ag Data. Making the most of farm-generated data. We'll talk it all right now. Hello, America, and a growing audience around the world. Welcome to Open Field Radio, raising the hip factor in agriculture. Man, what a great show today. And you know what's wild about it is I had so many questions and so much skepticism, if that's the right way to look at it. I was apprehensive, I got to admit, because the word of the day is data. Ag data, you know, anytime we're talking about data, I think it makes any of us nervous because I can't define it. I don't know what it is, but man, we hear about it all the time and how you got to protect it and careful because it's yours and all those kind of things. Well, get out on the farm and you know what? There's just as much data going on out there as there is at home or in your office or anywhere else. So what are you going to do with it? How are you going to make the most of it? Our guest today, Max Feinberg from Verdova Ag Data. Super cool conversation. You're not going to want to miss this. I don't care what level of comprehension of data you have. This is a cool conversation you don't want to miss. couple other cool things going on. Open Field Radio, yes, this podcast is showing up more and more on featured podcast list for 2022 and beyond in the ag world that you don't want to miss. Thank you to all of you, the listeners, for making that possible. We are happy at the growth of this show, and we are excited about the future of it. And the future of the show is more listeners. Bottom line, that is it. Thank you for listening. We couldn't be happier. Also, if you're out and about next week in Las Vegas, Nevada, I will be there at the NAB show, National Association of Broadcasters Convention, right there at the Las Vegas Convention Center. Going to have a great time there. Look me up if you're around. I'd love to see you. It's going to be super awesome. If you're a broadcaster, you know what I'm talking about. If you're in this world at all, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Great big show and a great time all week long in Las Vegas. Well, enough of that. We got a show to get to. Max Feinberg, Verdova Ag Data. Incredible conversation about a subject I know nothing about, and he's awesome. We're going to get to it all in plus or minus 90 seconds. Open Field Radio. I don't know about you, but it seems like everywhere I turn right now, there's something about jobs and the abundance of jobs available out there. Well, here's one to throw in the mix. Skip the job. How about a career at Gowan? Maybe you're in agriculture. Maybe you're in science. Maybe you're none of that. Check it out at gowanco.com slash careers. Great opportunities available, and they're all cool. Careers right here in America and around the world. Come see it for yourself. That's gowanco.com slash careers. And tell them you heard it on Open Field Radio. Connecting with the best audience in ag podcasts. One episode at a time, one listener at a time. Open Field Radio. So you know when you're digging around online and you find those lists of if you like this, then that Well, this one's pretty cool. Maybe it's one of those they know you by the company you keep kind of things. But I found a list that said if you like open field radio, then you might like these podcasts. Check it out. How about Smartless with Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett? Not bad. How about the Ben Shapiro show from the Daily Wire? How about Dateline NBC? How about the Daily Show from the New York Times? That's only the biggest podcast in the world. NPR News and Conan O'Brien's podcast. You know what? You know them by the company they keep. That's pretty good company. That's why you listen to Open Field Radio. 
Open Field Radio Season 2, Episode 17 with Max Feinberg for Dova Ag Data. It all starts right now. In our world, the 21st century world right now, data is not a word that is far from anybody's lexicon. And at the same time, when you dig into it a little bit, data is vast. So where you're concerned, define data for me. Let's just start there. What are we talking about? Yeah. So when I think about data, I think uh, data, data. Uh, <laughs> you say data, I say data, however that goes. It's called the whole thing off. Yeah, exactly. I think it's the, the, the definition of it has evolved uh, over the last couple of decades because, you know, it, we've, we've been sort of inundated, uh, you know, in information for quite a long time. And the form that it takes now is just a little bit more sophisticated, right? So, you know, if we talk specifically in agriculture here, you know, people have been keeping records of, you know, what they've been growing, yield, uh, you know, recording weather uh, and things like, you know, the farmer's almanac for, you know, at this point, hundreds of years now. And with, you know, sort of the digitization of everything with computers becoming ubiquitous and, you know, we have these cell phones now, you know, monitors are increasingly more, uh, more sophisticated. It really comes down to the granularity and sort of petition of that data. So what, what what once would have been, you know, a measurement that you recorded in a journal, you know, maybe once a year at the end of the season or sort of once a day, if, if you're just noting the, down the weather, is just a lot more consistent and, uh, you know, more more periodic now. So if we, if we use that weather analogy, uh, you know, we're able to get, you know, information on, you know, minute by minute or hour by hour basis. Instead of just thinking about, you know, did it rain today? Was it sunny? Uh, we have metrics like, you know, if it was windy, what was the direction? How fast was it moving? You know, how much did it rain in, you know, every specific geography? And that sort of expands, uh, you know, to, to, you know, lots of types of machinery all the time now, right? If you think about your phone and like the types of data that it collects, it has your position. You know, it's able to record video with the cameras, it records audio with the microphone, and that really extends to all other machinery. So with tractors or combines or sprayers, uh, you know, essentially think every single moment that you're in the cab of one of those uh, machines, uh, it's able to instantaneously understand exactly where it is, exactly what it's doing and how much of it at any time. And that is being stored and put in the cloud so that, you know, you can look at it later. Other people can look at it later and so they can share it. And it makes perfect sense. No doubt about it. And I think the first thing, if, if we say data or data, I think the first thing that anybody that's within the right age group, of course, we think about our phones and how much data we have paid for. That was something we were always monitoring or your folks were always monitoring or somebody was always monitoring that because it was important. The usage of that. As somebody told me today, I said, hey, I'm talking with Max today and we're going to talk about this. And they said, man, oh man, think about this. You pay a thousand dollars for a phone and that thing's kicking data out 24 hours a day 365 to somebody so it makes sense that in the ag world whether it's the tractors or wherever else the data whatever is producing that data that it would be the same thing i guess the next question is what's the importance of that data at least in the ag world what's the importance of that data before i go to the ag world specifically like one of the reasons why you know i think so much about data and i think it's so important that people think about it more is because Data is the key. It's the fuel to artificial intelligence and machine learning. And I think for a lot of people, you know, those words, they're really buzzwordy. You know, you hear about them a lot, but people really don't think about how it impacts them. And I think the best way to think about how it, you know, impacts people on a day-to-day -day basis is, you know, almost everyone has email now. And every single email client, you know, Gmail, Yahoo, uh, Apple, whatnot, they all have spam filters, and that spam filter is AI. It's looked at, you know, tens of thousands, millions, billions of emails, 
and it's looked at examples of, you know, this is spam, this is not spam. And it helps you sort of save time by, you know, just looking at the things that aren't spam that are relevant to you. It's the same if you go to Amazon to buy something or if you go on Netflix to watch a movie. It, the, the system looks at your behaviors and the behaviors of other people that are similar to you to identify things that you'll likely enjoy just so that, you know, your time is used most widely. And that's exactly what's happening in agriculture with data, too. Uh, the idea is that with all this information, we should be able to understand, you know, what are the key decisions? You know, looking at the practices that you're doing, you know, trying to come up with suggestions like, okay, if we tweak this here, if we change, you know, an application pattern, you know, use more nitrogen at this time, less nitrogen uh, in, at a later time, is that going to yield better results? Am I going to be able to spend less and yield more? And data fundamentally, you know, shapes how all of these uh, decisions are made in the future. And as, uh, as AI becomes a bigger and bigger part of everyday life, it's important that the data that informs those AIs is representative of reality. You know, we look at the models that, you know, these big tech companies build, and a lot of them have started to acknowledge that, you know, the bias in the data sets that they use have led to bias in decision making. And, you know, we're lucky that in agriculture, it's farmers that control the data. So they're the ones who, you know, they, they have a lot of uh, say as it comes to creating these AIs, and that's why I think it's so important that we're talking about this today. You're listening to Open Field Radio. We keep our boots muddy and our ears tuned to the thorny challenges of agriculture. That just sounds cool, doesn't it? Because it's the truth. The Gowan Group is a global, family-owned agriculture solution business headquartered in Yuma, Arizona. Gowan specializes in developing, marketing, and processing agricultural inputs such as crop protection products, seeds, and fertilizers. Gowan has grown markets in the majority of the agricultural regions globally. A deep respect for science and a passion for agriculture drives Gowan Company to help growers solve their critical pest and plant health issues. Let's say it together. Gowan Company. You know, staying accessible and connected is key to running a cool show like Open Field Radio. And sincerely, listeners are important. That means you. And because of that and the growth of the show around the world, you can now reach us on WhatsApp. And it's super simple. The easiest way? OpenFieldRadio.com. At the very bottom, right there in the Contact Us section, there's a button that says WhatsApp. What do you know? Click that, shoot us a message. You know what? There's somebody at the other end of that that will gladly connect with you. We love to keep in touch because without you, we're just talking to ourselves. Stay connected because that's what friends do at Open Field Radio. Hi, my name is Nina Wilson, and I listen to Open Field from the lowest capital of the world, Yuma, Arizona. Quick shout out to some folks we know are listening to Open Field Radio. Hello to Woodbridge, New Jersey, Gloversville, New York, Nashville, North Carolina, Monroe, Michigan, Granger, Indiana, Longzhou Yin, Vietnam, and London, England. Thanks for listening. From the Gowan Global Studio deep inside the Lee Hotel, this is Open Field Radio. Does the farmer, and this is a generic, I realize a generic blanket statement, and I know it doesn't hold true in probably a bigger percentage than I'm willing to admit, but does the farmer know how much data they're truly sitting on? That's a really good question. I think in general, uh, a lot of farmers don't realize the depth of the data that's being collected. So, you know, if, uh, you know, let's say, you know, a lot of farmers are familiar with, you know, modern precision agriculture and, you know, this large variety of farm management information systems, which include things, you know, like John Deere Operation Center, Climate Field View, you know, Ag Leaders, SMS and Agfinity, you know, a number of these other platforms. Uh, and if you go in these platforms, you know, it's very easy to sort of see, you know, the, the high level summaries, right? You're able to see a table and you see like, okay, on this field, 
you know, the last time that I, you know, planted corn on the, the field, you know, it yielded 250 bushel, something like that. The concept of a yield map has also been around for a while where essentially, you know, you see this pretty picture that's a, a heat map. So you see like, oh, in this part of the field, you know, it's bright green. That's where it yielded higher. It's closer to 300. And this other area, you know, it's closer to 200. But if you actually sort of like dig deeper in order to make those pretty pictures, in order to make those tables, there are literally, uh, you know, measurements of, you know, this header, this specific header in a planter at this time of day at this exact place in this field was, you know, applying this much downforce and, you know, distributing this seed at this location. Like you're really able to get to a very fine level of information. And, yeah, I think a lot of people sort of don't realize that. And it's kind of an interesting problem because the deeper you get into the data, the less valuable it becomes because you need a lot more of it for it to become relevant. But it's also fundamentally more powerful because as you truly have that scale at that granularity, there's a lot of interesting work that you can do from an agronomic standpoint and from other points of view as well. Well, I think as in anything, but data, you know, this holds true for data as well. Everything has value at some level and data, I'm sure, is no different than that. Going backwards just a little bit, you know, what's cool is uh, I believe the farmer knows a lot about what's going on data-wise because uh, I've talked with just a number of them that go, oh yeah, we get it, we get it. I read a cool statement that said that the farmer is the original innovator. So to think that we're going to get one step ahead of them somehow probably is not the case. But at the same time, they know what they have if they're involved in current modern agriculture at all. Everything is generating data out there from, as you said, yields, from passes, from anything else they're doing with their machinery, with their people, with their systems. It's all happening. Yeah. And no, I, I think that that point that you bring up about, you know, not trying to tell the farmer what's best like that. That is really sort of where Verdova stands. It's where we stand. You know, my focus is as an outsider uh, to ag, uh, you know, we really want to be the, the, the tool to help farmers take this data, make it more usable, give it to the people that they want to share it to and not share it with the people they don't want to. And allow, you know, people to make decisions from that, right? We're not really trying to make agronomic uh, recommendations ourselves, but we understand that our data can be provided to people who are in a better position to provide that type of insights, or even to the farmers themselves making their own decisions. What's that like coming to ag from outside of ag with something that I think the general market would perceive as outside of ag, yet it's so <laughs> inside of ag. Is the ag community um, receptive to that? Yeah, you know, honestly, I've uh, I've been you know very pleasantly surprised by how sort of open and receptive the ad community has been. Uh, I would say, you know, as this outsider, you know, I've spent a lot of time just listening and learning, and there's a lot of things that have surprised me. Uh, you know, Andy Jenks, uh, one of our founding farmers, he always talks about how uh, agriculture is about ten years behind, and you know, he tries to just stay a little bit ahead of that. Uh, that's, you know, one of the ways that, you know, he, he keeps, uh, you know, that, that's his secret sauce. Even with that being said, I'm shocked by the uptake of technology, right? There definitely is sort of a divide in agriculture where I think there are some people who prefer to, you know, work with machines that, you know, don't have computers where they have complete control over it. Uh, but then there's sort of like others who, you know, are very much, you know, they want to try the newest uh, monitor. They want to try, you know, the newest uh, trend in ag tech and see where it goes. And we've definitely sort of started with those sort of early adopters, but our goal is to make it 
you know, ag data, easy and accessible to everyone, regardless of what platforms you use, what hardware you use. Awesome. You know, what's funny is, is that if you're outside agriculture, you have no idea how huge it is. From the inside, everybody knows everybody because it's kind of, it's not, but it feels like a small world because it's just agriculture, but it's not just agriculture. It embraces so many things. But from the outside looking in, when you get inside, you're like, holy cow, I had no idea how big this is. And the systems and the efficiencies that they have to work with are off the chart to be able to keep the entire American system happening, keep food in our refrigerators and on our plates and all those kind of things. So I totally get where data plays. Are there any big data generators, any big specific ones out there, the things that are just really affecting the industry and producing 10 tons of data? Yeah, so I, I think one of the most interesting uh, advancements in terms of like ag data is, uh, you know, different like sort of plug and play solutions for telematics. So there's this company, Razor Tracking, that, you know, just recently announced a partnership with John Deere and already has uh, you know, a, a couple of, you know, partnerships out there with, you know, different iron companies and, you know, different technology platforms. And, you know, as a telematics provider, their real goal is having, you know, some easy uh, plug and play interface where you, you know, you plug it into a CAN bus, you plug it into a USB port, you know, into some type of generic port. And all its job is, is to take the data from that hardware and put it in the cloud. And, you know, and whether that cloud is sort of their system or John Deere Operations Center, it just made it a lot easier to get information, you know, from the fields to a computer. Uh, that, that sort of space of sort of, you know, third-party telematics, which, you know, sort of agnostic to brand, I think is really interesting as it comes to data because it goes beyond just, you know, tractors, sprayers, uh, combines. You can even put them in things like semis uh, and, you know, gators, just, you know, every type of machine you could possibly think of, even... Uh, you know, tanks, like if you have passive devices or passive places, just being able to track everything. And I feel like more companies like that, you know, companies like Razor, they're really what are enabling the, you know, Internet of Things, the IoT future that I think people, you know, have previously talked about. And, you know, I think for a while there have been some hiccups because of connectivity, but we're finally sort of rounding that corner and uh, everything really is becoming connected. Isn't that amazing? I mean, here we are in the 21st century and we're, this stuff is connecting and it's connecting quickly. It's connecting very quickly right now. Then let's talk about Verdova. What do you guys do? You know, Verdova is a grower-first ag data company. You know, our goal first and foremost is to help give farmers a seat at the table for the AI future. And we do that through data. We allow farmers to take the data they collect passively and turn it into an income stream uh, by, you know, packaging it up into, you know, different data products that we sell up and down the food value chain from companies that do, you know, carbon uh, supplying, carbon sequestration modeling, uh, you know, grain buyers, all the way, you know, back to the inputs and companies like Frito-Lay and, you know, companies that do that, that type of processing. We were founded uh, on a farm just, you know, from a couple of conversations. You know, I, I was originally working in the crop insurance space with my co-founder, Austin, and we were, you know, just like any good entrepreneur does, you know, we went out and talked with customers and we happened to be out on a farm in Western Illinois uh, with, you know, one of our now founding growers, Andy Jenks. And, you know, we were trying to talk to him about some cool optimization work that we were, or, you know, cool for me as an AI guy uh, in this insurance space. And, you know, as a lot of insurance conversations seem to go, uh, you know, Andy just wasn't really interested in what we were doing. But, you know, we were already out there, you know, we already had his time and we, you know, started asking like, okay, if insurance isn't a problem for you, what are the actual problems that you face in your operation? What are the actual things that you'd like to improve? Sure. And 
yeah, we, we started talking about data siloing and data monetization. And, you know, everyone's familiar with, you know, these big tech companies, you know, Meta, Google, you know, they collect data on you. Everyone knows that they're selling your data. And although, you know, it's not an exact anal analog and ad, you know, farmers aren't getting paid for the data, even though a lot of them are doing a really fantastic job of collecting it. And, you know, we sort of saw this opportunity. Uh, you know, if I, you know, if I sat down with a bunch of tech people, you know, like my, my friends uh, from school or, you know, people in Silicon Valley, you know, it, it's pretty easy to see how there's a lot of value that comes from data. That's, that's really the testament of Google, right? They built the road to information online. Sure. And they were able to, you know, find all these interesting things to do with that data. And we're essentially trying to do that same thing with agricultural data. The big difference being that we want the farmers to be a key component of that. We want the farmers to be driving the conversation. Fantastic. Something that pops into my head right away with this is with that data is a lot of information, whatever that farm information is, whether it's coming from equipment or a system or whatever it might be, there's a lot of, I would call it delicate information probably in there. And where does Verdova, how do you go about gaining the trust of a farmer or of the farm? How do you gain their trust with something that is, again, so intangible and yet we all know it has value one way or another, but more the guarded side of it. I think we're all kind of used to the careful who's reading, you know, your whatever. So how do you come in as an outsider to ag and everything else and go, let me talk to you about this and then gain their trust? Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a really good question. And honestly, that I would say it really starts with our founding growers and how we're a grow first company. So yeah, we started with Andy Jenks and another farmer based out of central Illinois named Matt Barnard. And we started by just going to, you know, friends of friends, neighbors, you know, peer group members, you know, growers in the same peer group, uh, sort of talking with them. And I, I would say it really starts with sort of letting them take the wheel. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we were at Commodity Classic and we had an opportunity to meet a lot of farmers who are, you know, beyond our network. And, you know, there's no, uh, there's no better way of getting, you know, sort of explaining what we do and, you know, sort of gaining that trust than, you know, by explaining it from the words of, a, of another farmer. The, I would say the second key component to that, you know, besides being, you know, farmer first and having our farmers do a lot of the talking is, you know, how much we emphasize data security and data privacy. Uh, Verdova really tries to act as a data escrow agent. So what we do is, you know, we interface with the growers, we interface with the systems they use, and we import that data. Uh, we store it in a secure format. So it's stored in an encrypted database that is not connected to the open internet. So you can't just access it willy-nilly. And sort of even going beyond that, whenever we have a new data deal come up, uh, we only share data after getting the explicit consent of every grower. So not only do we ask for permission to sort of house the data and hold an escrow, but before we ever share it with anyone, we tell the growers exactly what the situation is. You know, we're going to be sharing, you know, just the harvest data for this period of time. It's real time or it's just uh, historical. And we have to get their explicit approval before we actually share it out to that company. So nothing is done without getting direct approval. So it's a virtual handshake like farmers like, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I that's, like that. that's a really good way to put it. I yeah, like where we, we seek that headship. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's cool. No, that, and you know, I think because of the terminology, if you will, whether it be data, whatever we want to call it, I think we are all very guarded with it because we've been warned about, you know, the misuse of it that I can't imagine coming in and going, hi, I'm here to talk to you about your data, Mr. Farmer. And bottom line is, I think that would be a, that would be a hard, hard road to hoe, so to speak. Oh, definitely. I mean, coming into this space, you know, we've heard a lot of stories like with Tillable in the past where, you know, growers 
you know, previously trusted, you know, various different organizations to hold their data. And they, and they just come to find out later that, you know, that data is being used against them, you know, to sort of bid against them uh, with landowners or something like that. And we, we try really hard to completely avoid that. You know, we're very upfront. We would never do anything with our data without, you know, getting that specific permission without getting that handshake. And I think the big difference here is a lot of other players. So like, if you look at like a model, like with what Facebook or Google does, it's not like they were really upfront with that, right? Like, I think it took a little while for people to sort of, you know, come to terms with the fact like, okay, you know, Facebook, Instagram, they're free. That means I'm the product. That means, you know, the meta is making money by selling my data. In our scenario, you know, what I think is really important is, you know, properly aligning incentives. So, you know, we're upfront. Whenever we're talking with a grower, we tell them like, hey, you know, we're interested in working with you because we think you can get, we can get you money for your data. And we only make money when the growers make money. At 85 cents of every dollar uh, made from data deals goes straight back to the farm. Coast to coast and around the world. You're listening to Open Field Radio. If you haven't heard it, it's new to you, right? Gowan USA has a broad selection of herbicides, fungicides, and insecticides to deliver customized solutions for your crops. Gowan provides the right programs to fit your unique needs, standing behind our products with expert service and support. And Gowan USA is family-owned and operated right here in the United States of America for over 55 years. That's a long time. Check it out for yourself at gowanco.com. And now you know. I love to tell you about things that I like, and that's the only reason I want to tell you about them. And if you're like me, I take notes on post-it notes on anything. I'll write something down, but then what? I lose them, right? Well, here, if you're like me in that way, get yourself the Adobe Scan app. I love this thing. Get it on your phone, right? On anything you want. That's right. Get the app out. It's Adobe. Come on. It's going to be quality. Snap a shot of your notes with the camera in the app. Bingo, bango, bongo. You save it. It's a PDF in your phone just as you wrote it. From there, you can share it or do whatever else you want to do with it. But the one thing you won't do, I promise you, you won't lose it. Adobe Scan in your favorite app store. Open Field Radio. Like, share, subscribe. This is Marshall Trimble, Scottsdale, Arizona. You must be the Marshall. Arizona's official state historian. Season 1, Episode 5, and you're listening to Open Field Radio. Cool people having conversations about agriculture and life. Open Field Radio. And now back to Open Field Radio with our guest from Verdova Ag Data, Max Feinberg. If I'm not mistaken, I read an article that said, uh, you know how when you, you get Facebook or Instagram, and it used to be it said, hey, you know, we'll allow them to follow you everywhere you go or not at all or whatever it might be. There was always that selection. And I read a thing that said lots of people were like, yeah, sure, I guess. Okay, and push, yeah. Now that's going the other way. People are like, no, don't follow me anywhere. I'll let you know when it's time to uh, to check in on my data or when I want you to use my data. I think it's commendable to you guys to be upfront that way in a world that doesn't feel where data is concerned very upfront. Except what you're paying for and you keep paying more for it. <laughs> how in an industry that feels like it is very much a handshake and those kind of things, how do you bring the humanity into it in something that's ones and zeros basically? But how do you bring that humanity into it? But it sounds like you're doing a great job of really meeting the farmer right where they are with everything you guys do for them. Yeah, no, th th that's a really good question. And it, it just reminds me of a lot, of the, a lot of the conversations that we've had with farmers, you know, at Commodity Classic and, you know, other farmers I sort of have just run into. I, I was on uh, vacation two weeks ago and I was in Mexico and I happened to meet a farmer uh, from Saskatchewan. 
And, you know, I was, I was talking about anhydrous or something like that. And he had overheard and, you know, we, we sort of, you know, got into a conversation. Uh, what a lot of what we're doing actually comes down to sort of spreading this message. So I think a lot of farmers, a lot of people in ag, I think in general, are familiar with oil and how it has fundamentally changed the world that we live in. You know, there was a period in time where oil was essentially worthless because, you know, we couldn't do much with it. And then, you know, with the advent of, you know, internal combustion engines and, you know, leveraging oil for power production and, you know, the, the electric, electrification and industrialization of the world, uh, oil fundamentally changed, you know, how our lives work, you know, from the way we turn on our lights to the way we get from place to place. And as we look to the future, artificial intelligence and machine learning are poised to, you know, lead us into that next phase of industrialization where, you know, AIs will, you know, increasingly be making decisions. And these decisions, you know, vary a lot, right? It could be something as simple as, you know, while you're driving your tractor, like making turns or making decisions about movements there to the more macro scale, you know, should I be planting, you know, what, where? And, you know, as I think about like what Verdova's purpose is, as I said before, a lot of it goes back to, you know, returning that value to the growers, making it so that more than 13 cents on every dollar goes back to every grower by, you know, capturing uh, other components in the value chain. But before we can get to that point of returning value to a lot of growers, I think a lot of it just comes down to education and spreading the message about talking about how, okay, like, even if you don't feel comfortable working with Verdova today or, you know, sharing your data with us today, you know, I, I want more growers to be thinking about the value of their data and how it can help not only them make better decisions, but other people make better decisions as well. And honestly, the, that the topic of uh, sort of like education goes beyond ag itself, right? You know, as an outsider, you know, I've definitely come across people who have a lot of mix, misconceptions about agriculture. You know, they think a lot of farmers are out there sort of tilling up the earth, you know, spraying willy nilly all these pesticides and herbicides right, and, right. you know, fertilizing and whatnot. And, you know, you just talk to a, you sit down and talk with a couple of farmers and it's pretty quick to understand that they, you know, truly are the best stewards of the land. You know, they're not trying to waste money, you know, spraying things. They know it's, it's not going to help them. Not only is it bad for the environment, but it's a waste of money. It's not going to help them, you know, produce anymore. It's just another cost. And the more that we have, you know, data, the easier it is for us to do that, that type of storytelling to the wider public, to, you know, consumers in the consumer world. I think that's another key part to what Verdova is doing from a, you know, messaging and storytelling standpoint. So you come to me, Mark the Farmer. That is hypothetical, by the way. But you come to me and you say, Mark, let's talk. Let's build a relationship here. Let's talk about your data. Where does this all start and where does it go when you connect with a farmer? Yeah, so usually we start the conversation sort of just like asking like, okay, you know, Mark, what, what crops do you grow? We ask that type of thing, sort of like a general scope, you know, how many fields, how many farms do you manage? And then also, if you use uh, any type of precision agricultural system, do you use any farm management information systems? And we ask that question because that sort of informs how we go out and grab the data. Depending on sort of which uh, system you use, you know, either we send out a partnership request to your system or we share credentials in a secure way that allow us to sort of access your data. Once that step is uh, sort of set, uh, we then immediately start uh, assessing the opportunities that you have given the current deals that we have in play. So, you know, today we have two data deals uh, that, you know, are live. One of them is in the carbon space. And again, it's just a data play. It doesn't require that, you know, growers, you know, agree to any practice changes 
or enroll in any carbon program. It's really just informational collecting for collecting data. Uh, and then there's another program that we have that looks at nitrogen applications and sort of pairing that with satellite imagery and aerial imagery. Uh, and basically, we go through all of our deals and, you know, we vet your, we figure out like, okay, you know, we think these opportunities are a good fit for you. And, you know, we present those to you. And assuming that, you know, there's some interest in the, in the specific programs that we have, you know, one, you know, we, we do our data export, we take your data, we suck it into our system, and we go through this data cleaning process. And that involves, uh, you know, normalizing it, you know, and changing your corn number one or corn A to the actual variety type, making sure that, you know, nothing is missing there. And once it's been assimilated, we then have a quality assurance call where we have a system that helps like our engineers understand where data might be missing. And basically we just like verify like, hey, is this stuff that your data says, is that actually true? Assuming all that's good, uh, we, you know, get any necessary, you know, sign offs that we need. We get, we do the virtual handshake and we ship off the data. And, uh, you know, as new data opportunities come in, we let you know and we just continue that process. It's that easy. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty straightforward. <laughs> and for the farmer, it's really, it, it really is that easy. Is that right? Yeah. We want the experience to be turnkey. You know, it should be as simple as you give us the credentials and we send you the deals. If you like them, you say yes. We have maybe one or two phone calls and we ship off the data and you get a check. That's it. So I'm going to play the other side of the line here for just a second. Where does this, because you say, yeah, if you like it, yep, you sign off and you get a check. Where, do, where does it, it, how do you ward off the perception of like opportunism and those kind of things where somebody's like, I didn't even know this existed and now I'm getting a check because these guys came in and it just feels like, I don't know who's talking to who. How do you fight that off? Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good point. Uh, you know, when we were at Commodity Classic two weeks ago, there was a lot of that actually where like people kept asking what's the catch right i guess maybe that's the better way to do it so what's the what's the catch the thing is like there there, there just isn't a catch and i realized like it, it's kind of cliche to be like hey like do you like money do you want free money <laughs> right uh, you know we're a startup so you know our our sort of like messaging and the way that we do storytelling is constantly evolving uh and the, the way that i try to fame it is you know, right now, a lot of these companies already have access to some of your data, right? I mean, just think think about, it. you know, everyone talks about like, oh, you know, I was talking about my knee hurting and all of a sudden I have, <laughs> you know, leg brace ads in my right. Instagram account right. or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And we see that in ag, but uh, a lot of that comes from uh, the relationship side, though, too, right? You know, there's a seed salesperson or, you know, some type of input salesperson who you build a relationship over a couple of years, right? The first the first conversation, maybe they don't know that much, but they try and learn and learn more about you. And then it sort of goes away. Uh, excuse me, but it takes a while for them to get there. But eventually, you know, that person, uh, you know, gets promoted. You know, if they're really good, you know, you used to get promoted or they move to a different company. And all of a sudden, all of that specific knowledge that they had on your operation is gone. But with data, we're able to have that sort of sustained relationship. So regardless of who the person you're talking to at the company, they know about your operation. And that's sort of the realistic side of it, right? There are a lot of scenarios where, you know, the relationship between, you know, the big ag codes and small farmers can kind of be adversarial. But we sort of see this opportunity to align incentives and make it so that, you know, it really is in the best interests for, you know, the farmers where, you know, they're, they're trying to sort of show like what's specific to them and not just, you know, the general sort of like mass market advertising. And I'd say that that is sort of one way that the data goes. And it's basically just instead of them like using your data and selling to you, you're going to get a cut of it. And I think that's that's it's like a very realistic take. That's that's sort of the reality of it. You got a cool story or something you can share with me? A success story in this? Yeah. 
Yeah. So I think about uh, earlier we were talking about how, you know, as you look across ag, you know, there's a couple of different camps uh, in terms of, you know, technology adoption, which is something you really see in, uh, you know, a- every single industry. And, you know, one of our uh, founding farmers, Matt Barnard, uh, he still works with his dad. They, they work on the operation together still. And, you know, Matt's dad, he's, he's more of an old school guy, you know, uh, I can, you know, we, we do a lot of data cleaning and one of the things that we see all the time is, you know, someone forgets to turn off the GPS system. So you see, you know, they, they you know, they, they're in a field, you know, they're doing, you know, some, uh, some operation they leave and they just leave the GPS on and you just see this like long path of, uh, roads that's on the file like, to clean that off. And, uh, whenever we're looking at, you know, Matt's information, you know, that's, that's oftentimes his dad. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's, uh, it's a pretty common thing. Uh, but, you know, ever since, you know, the Verdova thing, you know, he, he's, he's really like changed his tune because he realizes like if, if you're not properly recording all of your data, you're leaving money on the table. And, you know, Matt's dad is the kind of guy who will drive for 40 minutes to get a free lunch just, you know, to get the free lunch, to get the free pork chop. High five to him. Uh, yeah, yeah. And just this past year, he was in a field. Uh, you know, doing some planting and, you know, there's some issue with the monitor, you know, he was, he was fussing with it, but like the, the specific varieties and hybrids like weren't popping up and he spent the time to call up Matt and like get it fixed. And he made sure that every pass that he made in the field, everything was being recorded correctly. And th- that's the kind of change that I'm sort of like hoping that we can sort of like push in agriculture where, you know, we want people to, you know, do a better job of collecting their data because it's in their best incentive to do so, because there is a reward, because there is benefit for them and, you know, for agriculture at large. Because whenever I think about data, there's big data and there's small data. And if you look at, you know, the the data that's collected by, you know, Climate Field View or John Deere Operations Center, they really have that big data, right? They see what people are doing at the aggregate scale. But in order for me to really understand what's going on on your farm, I need to know the small data. I need to know about your fields. I need to know about what you do differently that's unique for your operation. And that's really what we're trying to bring to this space. We're trying to show that there is value in the small data and that there really are valuable insights and you know interesting things to be found and discovered within that. So if someone wants to reach out to you, find out more about this, how do they find you? You can find us on uh, at our website, verdova.com. We have a really nice intro video that's on our website that I'll tell, they'll sort of tell the story of Rodova and give you a little bit more background. Uh, we're also on Twitter. Uh, we're at Rodova Ag. And yeah, we, we're constantly posting about new data deals and sort of new opportunities and sort of where we're at. Uh, today, we have about 2 million acres of growers across about 17 states, covering about 40 different crops. And yeah, we're hoping to, you know, maybe hit 10 million by the end of the year, 10 million acres by end of this year and we're on a path to do it and yeah excited to help fuel the data and ai revolution in ag what's your favorite thing about being in data and agriculture now what do you like the most about it you know there is something really satisfying about just seeing like a huge amount of data like moving like terabytes of ag data like uh there's a lot of pretty maps that we can make so you know whenever there's like a you know last harvest season is probably the, the the best example we have these like dashboards where we can sort of like view county by county, crop district by crop district, and like see, you know, the harvest as it comes in. And we're, we're hoping to bring more of those types of views uh, to the public soon. Yeah, and in, in terms of like the ag side, I just really enjoy meeting new farmers. You know, I, c- coming from tech, 
Uh, you know what? My background is originally in you know aerospace engineering and computer science. You know, I worked for, used to work with NASA. Like I'm, I'm sort of used to that world. And this ag world is just so different. And I, there's, I've learned so much. And you know, I'm, I'm confident I'm going to continue learning things. As I talk to farmers, and that's really what gets me excited. Just talking to farmers. You've been listening to Open Field Radio from Gowan Company. Like, share, subscribe, review. Everywhere podcasts are found. The views and opinions expressed by the guests of Open Field Radio are theirs and do not necessarily reflect those of the program. All rights reserved. No duplication or redistribution without permission.